Welcome to Loveland the Podcast, a wellness audio experience where we explore tips and techniques that realign you creatively, spiritually, and mentally. I am your hostess with the mostest, Lotus Lalova, and as a practitioner, I work with Black women and those who love us to eradicate generational trauma and usher in a new legacy of limitless self-love. I almost can't believe that we are in season six of this podcast, and we have over 100 plus episodes on how you can elevate your creative, mental, and spiritual well-being. It has been a beautiful journey over the past five years, and I'm truly excited for this upcoming season. But before we do that, we get into this upcoming season, I do have something really vulnerable to share with you all. I've struggled with this title so many times. Something happened to me last year, and it took some time for me to feel comfortable enough sharing it on my public platforms for so many reasons. Just the idea of shaking shit up, um, though I love to do that, it's difficult sometimes, especially when you start to bring things in like race, especially when people don't want to admit that race is being brought into the picture. I think the most common thing that I've experienced as a Black woman is when I am doing my best to express that this is a racially charged situation and the other person who is not black is like of course it's not and it's like why would i want to jump to that you know what i'm saying like why would i want to jump to the race card how does that benefit me <laughs> like of course i don't want it to be about race but like at the end of the day it's looking like it's about race and instead of telling someone that it's not about that or trying to pacify a black person's experience it would be more beneficial for you as an ally to listen and to then reflect, to do research, to ensure that your behavior is not compliant with racism and oppression, because honestly, it probably is. And I'm not saying that to bash anybody that's not Black, because Black people also have very impressed mind, oppressed mindsets as well. I'm just saying this because there are so many times where I have to check myself, someone who is consistently doing this work, I have to check myself and see, is this an oppressed point of view that you have? Like, where is this coming from? Where is this stemming from? And you'd be very surprised how it can show up in the smallest of ways. So I encourage you that if you are an ally, if you do not identify as Black, and if you do identify as Black, to make sure that you are not upholding oppressive ideologies in the things that you do, because we need to get rid of those things. They suck. <laughs> But I sat with this feeling for literally a year. I kept coming back to the same answer. You have to share this experience. You have to speak your truth, even if it ruffles some feathers. And again, normally I'm down to ruffle feathers, right? If shit needs to be shaken up, let's shake it up. I think I was so hesitant because I had built a bond with these people we're going to um, discuss in this episode. It just, I didn't want it to be true. I didn't want it to be real. I wanted it to be a complete misunderstanding, even if it was a misunderstanding on my part, because I really thought that I was building sisterhood. And it really sucked to find out that I was so far from that truth. It really comes down to how are we going to be able to grow and expand and be our best selves if we do not know that there are things that we need to work on? As always, I want to take a moment to shout out the Nat Ministry because the post made on her account, it really shook me awake and I needed it. 
the post said, stop letting people play in your face. <laughs> and when I say I read that post, I was like, okay, yeah, yeah it's, it's time. It's, it's time. Then as if I needed more confirmation, because I know I'm not the only one that's like, okay, yeah, that's a sign, but I need like 17 more to really confirm that it is a sign. I started receiving so many posts on my timeline, in my stories. I knew for a fact that the ancestors were saying, speak your truth now. But before I share my truth, I wanted to share some of the posts that helped me to not only feel seen in this situation, but also to feel brave enough to do this. I know that I sound very calm and collected, but again, I've had a year to sit with this sensation and it still makes me extremely uncomfortable. Thank you for holding space for me by listening to this episode. I'm gonna share three posts with you. There were so many, but I'm gonna share these three. The first one is from Tony Tone and it's at T-O-N-I-T-O-N-E. Sometimes keeping the peace is more important than speaking your mind. Other times speaking your mind is more important than keeping the peace. Wisdom is being able to discern which of the two is most important at any given time. The next one is from Bossy Bruja, wishing you the type of relationship you can trust, wishing you spaces where freedom, comfort, and peace are the norm. May you have the kinds of people around you who love you as you are. And when they say, I got you, I pray they mean it and you know it. Last but not least, from CJ Lawrence ESQ, and that's C-J-L-A-W-R-E-N-C-E-E-S-Q. Some of us commend Black women for how gracefully they navigate disrespect. Some of us refuse to protect Black women because we refuse to see Black women's pain. Some of us are offended when a Black woman's pain induces rage. Some of us focus on the effect and forget the cause. You can remember the what and the when, but you forget the why. I only read three. But there are so many more that I may put into a carousel on Instagram later. But as you know, but as you can see from the three that I shared, it was very loud and clear that it was time for me to talk about my experience of being disrespected and disregarded. I am going to share my story with you and I'm not going to give any names because this is not about them. This is about me sharing my truth and in hopes that you don't have to go through what I went through and that if you did go through something similar to what I've gone through that you know you are not alone and hopefully you'll find some way to have peace with the situation. I was teaching on a platform created by a white passing Latina and unfortunately this is important for context. This time last year and there were tons of red flags but I realized after reflection that I just really wanted to be in a space where I could teach EFT and I felt like I had to endure these red flags in order to do that. I was teaching on a platform created by a white passing Latina. This unfortunately is important for context. This time last year and there were tons of red flags but I realized after reflection that I really wanted to be in a space where I can teach EFT and I felt like I had to endure these red flags in order to do that. I now know that I always have a choice, that I can create the spaces that I want to be in if they do not already exist, or if the spaces that exist already are unhealthy and unsafe for me to be in, I don't have to stay there. I don't have to be a part or uplift that. From the jump, it was really disorganized. The creative platform seemed to not know what they were doing. I really gave a lot of grace here, three months worth of grace, because as a small business owner and a freelance teacher, 
and just all the many things that I do, there are tons of times where like I am not on time for deadlines and things like that. And it's simply because it's just so much on my plate. So I always take that into consideration when I am working with a small business because shit is not easy to do on your own. It takes a lot. But what I will say is this, I always communicate. I will reach out to a client or a student or a platform and let them know that something is happening. I mean, I go into detail because it really is not their business, but I will let them know that there is something coming up. Even if it's like me feeling depressed or having an anxiety attack, I have cultivated a certain level of professionalism over the years where it's just like, hey, I'm unable to make class this Monday and I'm, I don't, I don't really... I'm not in the right space to speak about it right now and leave it at that, right? But you'll always get communication from me because I don't want to leave somebody hanging, right? I just feel like I'd much rather be transparent with you so you can make an informed decision than me not tell you what's happening. And then you start thinking the absolute worst or thinking that I'm not respecting your time and things like that. That is just not how I roll personally. That's not what I experienced with this platform. There was even a time where there were meetings that were just put on my calendar without my permission, as if I don't have things that are happening, right, in my own life. And when I asked the creator of the platform about it, their response was to show up for the meetings anyway, which I declined because of boundaries, right? But also I, I actually wasn't available for those meetings and I wish that they had reached out to me to coordinate instead of deciding on their own that I would be made available for the meeting. I did offer an alternative time that they agreed to. I showed up for that time after clearing out my schedule so that I can make it happen um, a little sooner because I, I didn't want to miss out on a meeting. They said it was a mandatory meeting, things like that. I really wanted to be as present as possible as a teacher on their platform. And I sat there for 15 minutes and no one came. When I reached out to the platform creator to let them know, maybe see if they had forgotten or they were running late, I learned that they did not forget, in fact, about the meeting, but they were on vacation with their family and just didn't get around to letting me know that the meeting was not going to happen. As a practitioner, this is frustrating, right? Because there's nothing more valuable than time, almost nothing more valuable than time, because you need to take care of yourself first and foremost. That takes time. You need to prepare lessons that takes time. You need to study <laughs> what you're teaching and learn more. And that takes time. You need to work with your one-on-one -on -one clients and tend to your communities. All of these things take time. And that's just on a professional level. I'm not even speaking about what you have to do personally as a human being to function. It all just takes up time, right? So for someone to disregard my time without any remorse, there was no apology of like, hey, I'm sorry. It was just like, I'm on vacation and I'm not doing the meeting. It was really interesting. It was a very interesting experience to have. And for the most part, I let it go, right? I even ignored the microaggressions, the use of tonality that felt very condescending, not only to me, but to several other black practitioners on the platform, mainly because I received so much joy every week teaching to the community from that platform that the experience of them outweighed what I was experiencing with the creator. It wasn't until a few months in, and this is after me teaching an entire month in Costa Rica, which if you've never been to Costa Rica, you may not know, but the internet access is not the easiest to find to like teach an hour long class every week, but it really does show how dedicated I was and I am as a teacher. 
it became super clear to me that I wasn't being valued or respected on this platform. And they were small things. Like at first, the creator would change the password frequently and not let any of the practitioners know until one of us were trying to log on to teach. And then we found out that the password had changed yet again. And then it was really hard because for me, I taught on the day that the platform creator was unavailable or it was their off day or whatever the case was. So I would start feeling anxious, honestly, because we would then get reprimanded for the fact that we weren't on time for these classes, even though it was because we didn't have the password to log in. It was just really hard to navigate. We had a teacher's community on the platform where we were supposed to be able to have direct access with the platform creator and their assistant to get any questions answered in a timely fashion. No one ever responded to any of the questions asked in that community. And we didn't really get our questions asked even when we sent formal emails. This made for a super unhealthy environment. It was just really triggering for me and my anxiety. I would find myself feeling sick or overwhelmed leading up to the day I had to teach. And again, when you're so passionate about what you're doing, it's really easy for you not to see the signs at first. It's really easy for you to disregard what your body is trying to tell you. It's really easy for you to disregard what intuition is trying to show you. In the initial interview, I was told that I would have all rights to my intellectual property and that whenever I decide to leave the platform, if I ever chose to, that I could have my classes removed. And I honestly really appreciated that. I thought it was super progressive of the platform creator. And it was one of the reasons why I said yes to teaching on that platform. Another main reason why I said yes to teaching on that platform is because I learned about this teaching opportunity through a third party community. It's a conscious cannabis community that I was a part of. The platform creator was another member of that community. So it was based off of the fact that me and the third party were very close and I really trusted her recommendation on things. And she was referring this person. So I was like, okay, I can teach on that. So that was another reason why I chose to teach on that platform. I was like, let me rewatch my old classes, right? Because that's something that I do. I like to rewatch my classes so that I can get better at what I'm doing, right? Sharpening the saw, making sure that I stay on point for my community. So I went to find the classes and I realized that they had been deleted without my permission and without any warning. I even went through my emails to see if there was any notification that my classes would be deleted and I found nothing. That was over five hours of teaching and I'm sure it was more than that because I was missing about two months worth of classes that were completely gone, as well as my master class that I taught in February. At first, I thought that there was a mistake, so I had reached out to the platform creator to let them know, hey, I'm unable to find my classes and I would like to see them so that I can review them and just get better at what I'm doing, you know? And I heard nothing back about it. I then reached out to other practitioners on the platform because a few of them happened to be girlfriends of mine that I referred. And that is something I also want you to keep in mind for later. The other practitioner said that they would check to see if they found their classes. And they also realized that their intellectual property was deleted, again, without warning or permission. This was super alarming to me because that was my property. It was my genius that someone decided that they could get rid of and not even tell me that they were going to do that. So another practitioner reached out to the platform creator to see if they could get a response from them and they were unsuccessful. We even dropped it in the teacher's community on the platform and it was read, but it wasn't responded to. This was really upsetting and ridiculously disrespectful because it takes nothing to answer the question of where our intellectual property was. 
we did some further digging and then we found a Vimeo link that had the current classes of that month that we had taught on the internet for free, if you had the link. This was really weird because we were told that our classes would be exclusively on this platform. It was also weird because you had to pay a pretty hefty monthly fee to get access to our classes. So I thought it was also just disrespectful to the members of this platform. They're paying a lot of money every month to have access to these classes that if they have this Vimeo link, they can get for free. So from that day on, I was on high alert, honestly. I began downloading my classes as soon as they finished so that I would not lose the opportunity to get better at what I was teaching. And that became really stressful in itself. This whole situation could have been solved with a simple email of saying, hey, at the end of every month, I'll be deleting these classes. So if you want to maintain access to them, I suggest you download them after you teach. That's all that had to be said. And the fact that something so simple wasn't communicating, communicated was really frustrating to me. Every month I was being charged a membership fee, though I was not a member, I was a teacher. I was being charged this membership fee to have access to teach on the platform, which I thought was really weird, but also like in the back end of things, I understood the finesse, right? And I was also assured that the monthly fee would be refunded to me. And that really wasn't the case. Every single month, I had to reach out to the creator of the platform and express that the fee was taken out again, even though we were both clear that that would be happening monthly. And I would have to email again so that I could get refunded. That took out time and energy on top of the fact that as a freelancer, you know, everything counts, right? For you to have to be taken to get this monthly fee taken out every single month, right? It almost equated to how much I was getting paid per hour. That's just, it's hard to keep up with all these moving parts, right? It's just, as the creator of the platform, you knew that that's what you had to do to get teachers access on your platform. It's on you to make sure that you're refunding them. But at the end of the day, the money was taken out of my account, so I had to be the diligent one, right? Because it really wasn't bothering them. It wasn't their money. And at the end of the day, whether I like it or not, I did what needed to be done. Then there was a late payment that I experienced. I experienced two. I was told that the last day of every month I received payment, and that began to shift probably after my first month into the teaching platform because I was only there for a few months. I soon learned that I was not the only practitioner who was receiving late payment to the point where one practitioner who identifies as Apple Latina had to wait two weeks and email several times and have a conversation with me on how to communicate to the platform creator that their payment was late. Like we shouldn't have to chase you down for our paychecks, right? You know that you said the end of every month, so make it happen. And if the money wasn't there for you to pay us, communicate that. Again, it comes back down to communicating that to us, letting us know that you aren't able to, you know, at the end of the day, we really believed in this platform and what it was trying to do. It was a platform that was infusing cannabis and wellness together to show the benefits of plant medicine when it came to healing modalities. And it's brilliant and it's a beautiful idea. But if you're unable to run your company the way it needs to be ran, be vulnerable, be transparent, share with us, be like, look, it's getting kind of crazy over here, things like that. Unfortunately, that wasn't any of our experiences. And it became to the, it got to the point where people just were nervous to talk to the platform creator because we didn't know if they were going to give us this condescending tone and, 
it's, it's hard to navigate. It was just like, oh my goodness, like, are you going to give me an attitude about me asking for payment? But I, I need to be paid for the classes that I taught because that's what we agreed to, you know? The only reason why I was even able to receive my last payment is because I had to bring that third party that I talked about earlier, I had to bring them in. They're a larger community and we were both a part of their community, me and the platform creator. And that experience in itself was very taxing because I had to prove that I wasn't being paid. And the excuses that the platform creator gave to the third party were accepted. The platform creator said that they didn't have my correct email. Though my email is my Instagram handle at gmail.com. It is literally everywhere. It's common knowledge. Um, as well as you had to have had my email to onboard me, to set up the interview, to set up the meetings that you dropped into my calendar without my permission. All that required my email that you said you did not have, right? And then there was the fact that I had to show that I wasn't paid because they said that they did pay me on time. They have absolutely no idea what I'm talking about and essentially made it seem like I was lying about being paid. So I had to literally show proof of my Venmo account that I wasn't paid for that month. So even though these were blatant lies, right? The third party still felt like it was okay and vouched for the platform creator saying that the platform creator was going through so much and that I should just have a conversation with them to smooth everything out. Okay. So now I'm going to pause on my story and share a few others from. Okay, so now I'm going to pause on my story and share a few more stories to wrap this up because unfortunately I was not the only black practitioner who went through something outrageous with this platform creator. While all of that was happening to me, there was another practitioner who identifies as Afro-Latina that I personally referred to this platform to teach on. They were going to teach a healing modality and the platform creator made her do this full session for free, which I didn't have to do for my interview. So that was really weird. And throughout the interview, the platform creator seemed disinterested in the practitioner's skill set, but offered her the opportunity to do a masterclass on the platform and see how the community felt about it. Essentially, if the community liked the masterclass, they would be able to teach on the platform consistently. The practitioner was booked for the, master, the, the masterclass, but never taught it because the platform creator hired someone else who happened to be a white passing Latina to do the same modality on the same day. And the practitioner was never even notified that they were no longer going to be teaching, nor were they ever reached back out to, to though both practitioners were certified in the same healing modality with the same level of experience. It took this practitioner a long time to feel comfortable enough teaching that modality again after such a traumatic experience. And it was something really hard for me to sit with because I referred her and that was the experience that she had. And though I now know after months of therapy and just sisterhood that there is nothing I could have done to prevent that, it doesn't hurt less knowing that someone that I care about and I respect so much that I thought I was helping them have an opportunity to share more of their 
magic with the world went through something so horrible because I referred them. I had to really sit with that for a long time. And even to this moment, it makes me feel uneasy. There was another practitioner, a black woman, who taught meditation on the platform and was fired through Instagram direct message on a Friday night at midnight. And her upcoming class was that following Tuesday. Her name was even left on the roster for class, even though she was no longer teaching on the platform. It looked to the community like she just decided to quit. People actually showed up for class that day because I was one of those people that showed up for class. I didn't even know that she was fired until we had a conversation later on. And it looked like she just decided to up and leave, which was really alarming because the platform creator could have communicated that this practitioner was no longer a part of the teaching roster and never did. But luckily the practitioner is extremely professional and had her students information and was able to reach out to them and let them know that she was no longer working on the platform. And she was also so graceful because she didn't say, hey, I was randomly fired via social media on Friday and that's why I'm not teaching, though she had every right to say that. She just simply said that she was no longer on the platform and that she would keep their emails if they felt comfortable with it and let them know where she would be teaching meditation in other spaces. Again, just grace, just trying to uphold something that clearly needs to be discussed. It was completely unprofessional how she was fired. She wasn't even fired through email. And if the practitioner didn't check her DM that weekend, she really, she wouldn't even know she was fired, which is just absolutely outrageous for someone to do. I just wanna highlight how dangerous this is because when practitioners are working with their community, their students, their clients, we are building an intimate relationship normally around very traumatic experiences. So for a practitioner to just up and leave without any clarification or any notification as to why can be very traumatizing for our community and our students. And most practitioners, especially the one that I'm speaking of and myself, we are fully aware of that and we don't take that lightly, which is why we are so vulnerable and so transparent because we also want our communities to know that we are doing our absolute best what we have and sometimes we're gonna fall short, but we will always communicate that to you and let you know, you'll never just be left hanging. So that practitioner, the meditation practitioner, she reached out to the same third party because she was also a part of their community as well as a member to see if she can get support on what happened. And the third party was very confused as to what it had to do with them. That was literally their statement. What does this have to do with me? Though the third party was clearly aware that two members of her own community were having difficulty. And the answer to what does it have to do with, that's what it had to do with them. Because they, they are a non-Black person though they are a person of color. And they could have shown up for this practitioner and held space and said, hey, what happened here, right? Because you both are in my community and I want both of you to feel safe and seen. One of you doesn't because of the actions of someone else. So let's talk about it. Let's see what's happening here, right? That it, it takes leadership to do that. It's a skill set to do that. And unfortunately, that was not what she received. The practitioner even reached out to me because she was just kind of like, well, what do I do? You know, I was just like, well, why don't we tell the third party like, hey, both of us are members of your community. And what the platform creator did was really unprofessional and harmful. It needs to be discussed. And essentially, I'm asking for you to support me because I'm not receiving anything from this from the platform creator. I'm not receiving anything that shows me that they are 
going to even learn from the experience. So the third party suggested that the platform creator and the meditation practitioner have a conversation to smooth things out. By the end of the conversation, the meditation practitioner started to feel really bad for the platform creator. The platform creator shared how their mental well-being and their life changes were the reason why they abruptly fired them via social media. We have this inherent capability to hold space for people, even when they are harming us. In some vulgar terms, you can call it the mammy caricature. And if you don't know what the mammy caricature is, I suggest that you go ahead and do a proper Google search because it is a term that you should be very familiar with, especially, especially if you have any Black woman in your life. But because of this capability, we tend to push our own feelings and experiences to the side in favor of the other person involved, even if they have done something harmful to us. So in the case of the meditation practitioner who did her job correctly, showed up on time and did everything necessary to be an upstanding employee, she did nothing wrong to experience being fired the way that she was. And because of her deep level of empathy and compassion, she was almost preyed on. Whether the platform creator was conscious of it or not, they used that empathy to their benefit to get out of a situation that they needed to take responsibility for. The correct response wasn't to tell the practitioner your life story. It was to say, hey, I hear what you're saying and you are correct. Me firing you through Instagram is highly unprofessional, completely unprofessional. And I should have not done that. I should have emailed you. I should have given you at least two weeks notice because I am directly impacting your livelihood by abruptly taking a source of income from you which is a violent act. This platform creator disrupted her livelihood with absolutely no notice. That is violent. I want us to begin to open our minds to what violence means. It is not just someone verbally attacking you or physically hitting you. Harm can come in many shapes and forms, and it is important for us to begin to be aware of what that could look like because a lot of times we are having violent things happen to us and we are completely unaware of it. And then we become disassociated and then we think that that is normal. And then we continue to allow these experiences to happen in our lives. And it is not okay. Even if the majority of society feels like it is, it is wrong. It is not okay to blame your mental health, to use that as an excuse when we all are struggling with mental well-being in some way, shape, or form. I don't know anyone who isn't navigating mental well-being, but to use that to try to say, well, it's because I was suffering that I chose to take away your livelihood, to snatch a source of income from you without any warning, it's not right. Honestly, as a Black woman, I would never even be able allowed to have the ability to say something like that and it be accepted, whether it be amongst other Black women or anybody else. And honestly, there are several other stories of Black women who have had harmful experiences with this same platform creator. And I've decided that I wasn't going to share all of their stories. One, because this is not a podcast where I'm going to be sharing Black pain, right? We know that it exists. We know that Black women are unfortunately treated terribly most of the time. And this podcast is a safe space for Black women to experience joy, to cultivate bliss, to have deep, meaningful sisterhood, and to feel protected and seen. But I share those two stories and my story because I had permission from those two practitioners first and foremost, and to show you that I was not the only person going through it. Because unfortunately, for some listening in, my story is not enough. Now, here's where things take a turn. The third party I was talking to you about earlier I do a lot of work for them as a wellness curator. 
help them plan wellness events, hold space, and really emphasize the diversity aspect of their community. I found out that out of the 100 plus members in their community, over 65 of them are Black women. So you would think that with your community having such a large Black community within it, that you would do everything you can for them to feel safe and seen. And I unfortunately learned the hard way that that was not the case. I shared everything that I went through, even in more detail than what you're getting in this episode, because I'm not going to have you on here for hours. <laughs> unfortunately, it can be a, an episode like that. I shared everything I went through with this platform creator, as well as the story of four other Black women. And I was met with confusion. It wasn't until I asked the community director, a Black woman, to come in and help translate what I was experiencing. Even now, I'm struggling to say this. The third party is not Black, though they are a person of color. And I really thought that we honestly had a friendship, even a sisterhood, if I'm being honest with you. And I know for some of you, you might be like, girl, I don't know why you thought that, but I did had an open heart and open mind. And I thought we had a mutual respect for each other, if anything. In response to everything that I went through and the other Black women went through who were a part of this third party's community, I was told that I needed to have empathy for the platform creator. And that because of all the many things that the platform creator was going through and struggling with, I needed to, to hold space for that. The direct response was, I feel for both of you, which I thought was very interesting to say because you have five black women who are saying this person has been disrespectful and harmful to me and you have this one white passing latina who is saying my mental health made me do it my life choices that i made made me treat them terribly or that i had no idea that i was treating them that way even though they communicated it to me and i didn't have their emails or I did pay them and I don't know why I feel like I'm being attacked. I don't know how they equate. I still don't know how they equate. For me, one person going through it is one thing. Three or more is a pattern. It is a behavior and it needs to be addressed because the platform creator is dangerous. They, that you're talking down to us when we do communicate with you, that you're completely disorganized in the background and that we are upholding your platform together that you are making us promote your platform, even though you have competing classes with ours. Uh, there were several times where I had a class and the platform creator had a special class happening at the exact same time on the exact same day. You're directly creating competition for my class on your platform, but you wonder why class attendance is low. Things like this don't make sense to me. It's alarming that five black women who communicated such difficult experiences somehow equal to this one person and their consistent lack of respect for any of the practitioners. It hurts me to say this, but this platform creator is still harming Black women because I unfortunately found out that another practitioner who is also a part of this third party's community earlier this year. So let's get into the solution that I was told I would be receiving. I was eventually told that the platform creator would be removed from the third party's community and asked to repay me the money I was owed for the classes that I taught, 
as well as give me my intellectual property and refrain from communication with me. Unfortunately, the only thing I received was the payment. My intellectual property is completely gone. I will never get those classes back. The platform creator tried on multiple occasions to reach out to me directly after I told them specifically not to do that because I did not want to hold space for them to give me their sob story and try to manipulate me into feeling for them, though they completely disrespected and harmed me several times. I was not going to allow myself to go through that. I saw what it did to my friend and I was not going to go through that. And I was honestly hurt that she even had to go through that. And I was really irritated because all I asked was to be left alone. And I was emailed and I was told that their grandfather died and that I need to have grace for them, which was absolutely disrespectful because in that same span, I had lost three members in my family and I just didn't understand what that had to do because I was talking about payment and behavior that happened several months prior to the passing of their grandfather. And I was just outraged at the blatant manipulation that this platform creator was trying to make me experience calling me texting me, direct messaging me, essentially harassing me. I had to block them on all platforms. And again, the third party was aware of all of this. And then I was told that the creator was removed from the community that we were both in with the third party. And I learned recently over the past two weeks that that's not the case. That in fact, the platform creator and the third party are really close friends. She still has access to this community and the benefits of this community, this community of 65 plus black women. I cannot wrap my head around it. It's one thing to side with someone like this is my friend and I just, I'm still gonna be their friend. But for you to know that they have harmed black women, several black women on multiple occasions over the span of a year. And that's just us that spoke up. I generally don't know how many other people this person has hurt, to be honest with you. These are just the people that spoke up to me because we have sisterhood and they were carrying something to could no longer carry it on their own. I don't know, I could never be friends with someone like that. It's not to judge them. It's just simply to say, you do not align with my morals or my ethics. And until you do something actively to fix that, I can't be associated with you. Unless you are joining some anti-racist community and, and doing the work, actively doing the work, I, I don't want anything to do with you because you're harmful to people in my community. And just to Black women in general, whether you're a part of my community or not, you should really be about that life when it comes to us. Because best in believe, when, when it comes down to other people, Black women are the first one to show up at the front lines. The first one to hold your hand through a traumatic experience. And it is heartbreaking to know that we do not get that same respect back. So I share the story and the stories of the other two practitioners because this is super common for us, unfortunately, where we move in spaces that are not led by us. And by us, I mean Black folk in hopes that we can diversify. And as much as I want this to be true, as much as I pray that one day my nieces can grow up and not have to have an experience remotely similar to what I had to go through, and that I do have other experiences in my life where this is not the case, it doesn't make me less weary or exhausted or tired. And I can no longer sit here knowing that I went through all of this, that these Black women went through all of these things. Nothing was done to protect them at all. I've cried so many times over this experience. I've gaslit myself wondering if I was exaggerating or if I wasn't being empathetic enough to the platform creator. And if it wasn't for the Black women in my life, Trisha from the Nat Ministry, Priscilla of Sadie Baddies, Sky Brittany of De La Hippie, Laura G of Smoke Break, and so many more who listened to me cry, who helped me navigate this, who completely validated me 
and let me know that I was being violated and disrespected. I don't really know what I would be doing right now, to be honest with you. That is how traumatic this experience has been for me. I am no longer affiliated with either platform, and I share this message with you so that you can make an informed decision. If you hear all of this and you look at it and you're like, that's a crazy story, but this won't happen to me, more power to you. But if you hear the story and it validates some inklings you've had about any community that you're a part of, I encourage you to trust your instinct that even if you don't know how to express what you're feeling, you can trust in it. And that trusting in your intuition will save you so much heartache and disrespect in the long run. Now, for my allies, and this means that if you identify as anything other than a Black woman, I deeply encourage you to take a look at yourself and how you are showing up in the communities you are a part of. Oppressive behavior is rooted in all of us, no matter how you identify. And it can be very easy to let that oppressive behavior navigate you and your decisions. And I hope that by you hearing my story and the stories of these other practitioners, that you decide to be more proactive in your anti-racism, that even if you don't consciously identify as racist. I wanna just say thank you for listening to this story. And I'm really sorry if the story was really heavy for you, but I really hope that it sheds light. And I hope that it validates whoever needs to validate. And I hope that it lets other people in brands and communities know that we're not taking this anymore. And that if you continue to disrespect Black women, if you continue, that there will be consequences. You don't just get to do that and get away with it anymore. I just really, I just pray that no one else has to go through this because, and I just want to say thank you to all of my sisters who helped me carry this for a year. And I know many of you are interested in who the communities are. It doesn't take much to find out who they are. This wasn't an attack on anybody. This was my story. This was the truth. This is exactly what happened. And I have more than enough receipts to prove that what I'm saying is true for anyone that doesn't want to believe or is in disbelief. I have no reason to use my platform to share such a emotionally draining and heavy story if it wasn't true. I'm not gonna let nobody play in my face. And I haven't, and I don't know why I started, but it definitely ended. But I had to share this story. And I love you and I appreciate you for listening. If you got to the end of this and if you didn't, I hold no hard feelings against it. It's a hard story to listen to. I'm sending you so much love and I am praying that you have people in your life who love, respect, and will protect you. And that if you are a Black woman, I hope you know that I am in your corner and that I am there for you. And you can reach out to me uh, via email at lotusaloba at gmail or on Instagram. I'm not great with DMs, but I will get to them when